0: All right. We have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. A little bit of a different approach to today's episode. Haley Williams will be joining us on today's episode. So let's hit the intro music and we will get right into this. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is
1: Dylan joined alongside Matt and Nico. Guys, how are you doing today? Great. Still no sun in South Bend. I think we're on week two or three of me being on these interviews consecutive with no sun in South Bend. But someday, someday. <laughs> Absolutely. I we'll can't come.
2: complain, bro. There's a lot of music that we do as the show music and loving it.
0: so of course today we're joined by Haley Williams who's a minor league athletic coordinator for the Tampa Bay Rays she also just spent time with the in the Venezuelan baseball league winter league so I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of stories to hear of what it's like working in the baseball league from Haley but how are you doing today
2: I'm doing great I'm in Florida so it's very sunny and it's a little chilly today but nothing compared to what I'm sure it is wherever you guys are
0: (laughs) absolutely so I think the first question that we sort of pose to everyone that comes on just as sort of like a blanket get to know you what's your role in the baseball industry and sort of the general question that people probably don't like to answer but sort of the vague who are you and what do you do in the baseball industry type
2: yeah so my position obviously just general title would be minor league athletic trainer um there's kind of A lot of ways that you can go with that because there's a lot of levels to the minor leagues. So I started um, in a seasonal role with Oakland Athletics after I graduated. Um, And then when I worked for the Rays, I was first with rehab my first year and then my second year with rehab again and kind of a little bit of the rookie team and based out of our complex league. And then this past year, I was with our rookie team like full time. Um, and then this coming year, I'm going to be in low A in our affiliate in Charleston.
0: I like it. So then sort of, I guess as a follow-up to that, you mentioned, you went through a couple organizations to now get to the raise. What was that sort of transition? Like, how do you go from position to position? I know, uh, for Matt, especially how do you sort of break into this baseball industry and how do you sort of get to where you've gotten to so far?
2: Yeah, so baseball is very complicated. And the fact that like a lot of it's who you know. So when I first kind of decided that I wanted to do baseball, I was, it was between my, I think, sophomore and junior year of college, I was just, I knew I wanted to do college or professional sports as like for athletic training, but I didn't know kind of what sport I ended up finding an internship with um, FCA that was a college summer ball team spent the summer in California and was like, wow, I really love baseball. Um, so I had that experience already, which was awesome. And then the following summer, I had been applying to internships and ended up getting a position with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, so because of my experience that I'd had and was like kind of seeking that out, um, which is the best way to do it is just to seek out those experiences outside of what your school is offering. Um, it kind of like sets you apart from other people. So I did that internship with the Diamondbacks. Um, and then once I graduated, was applying to positions and ended up getting the position with. Oakland that was just a seasonal position just because they didn't have any open roles at the time so that's why I didn't continue with them but just kind of after that applied to a bunch of teams um, and then ended up getting a job with the Rays and I've been there ever since but yeah a lot of a lot of baseball is just who you know seeking out opportunities because anything that you have that can kind of like set you apart from someone else that just went through like school like obviously the clinical rotations that you have in school are awesome Um, but just like taking initiative and doing things outside of that will really set you apart.
1: Awesome. And then I guess kind of building off, like you're talking clinical rotations and school, um, in order to get into this role, I guess, what kind of degree do you need to have? Is it, is it a PT degree? Is it just a bachelor's? Um, is there an athletic training specific degree that you, you would recommend or, you know, how does that work? I guess, in terms of required education.
2: In terms of required education, you have to be um, VOC certified. So I think now they've moved away from the bachelor's in athletic training, which is what I got. But they've kind of closed off that program and you now have to have a master's of athletic training, um, which I think they usually have programs where I think it's like five years or something like that, like three of the undergrad and then two into the master's um, of athletic training. And then that prepares you to take the certification exam um, to be able to have that. If you did go the PT route, there's also opportunities available for that. Um, it just kind of depends on the team. Like I think most of the teams have um, physical therapist roles, but you don't have to have a physical therapist role to do what I'm doing. Uh, that's awesome. Well the most interesting before that you went into the Venezuelan league this winter, which I found extremely interesting. I've actually like I'm from Miami and like I know a couple of people have been able to participate that league in that league and what was that like as to the minors um yes yeah, so it was really great um it's very different down there obviously just being in a different country um for one um and then Venezuela, if you guys know of the kind of bad political climate so there's a little bit of differences there they've only like recently started opening back up to like Americans to come down at least for working purposes anyway. Um, But the sports world is like very protected as far as like people respect um, the teams and everything down there. So I didn't feel very unsafe. So I was good and the team, for the most part took care of me. Um, The biggest differences I guess from minor leagues, one thing would be the accessibility of pretty much everything. So like a lot of the things that are normally like provided by what you would have in the minor leagues or that team is not provided by the teams there. So guys have to bring their own pants, their own belts as from the training side of it. Like we had to bring dongles, um, We had to bring literally anything that we would need like with us every time. So there's nothing like you get to the training room and it's like one table, like a treatment table and that's it. You have to bring everything with you. So that was a little bit different. Um, also like the urgency of, kind of like medical care is a little bit different just because it's a little harder down there so let's say someone breaks possibly breaks their hand in a game um in the U.S. you would take them right away to the doctor to a clinic whatever get it taken care of get the x-rays that day um in Venezuela it was a little slower it was like okay this guy probably needs an x-ray and so then it's like days keep passing and keep passing and finally we get them in and like it's not like anything life-threatening but it just happened a lot slower than it would happen in the States. Um, another thing is the focus is really different there of the league winning is like everything. So there's a lot more push for um, like people to keep playing, um, especially when they're not hurt, but like have some things bothering them. So in the U S obviously the season's a lot longer. So you have more time, like, okay, if this guy needs to take, four days off so that he has no pain in his legs or whatever, then you have the time to do that. But there, especially with the urgency of winning and everything, um, it might be like, okay, let's do everything that we can to get this guy back on the field because he has to play today. Um, So that was another difference. And then the last thing, there's no pitch clock down there, which there is in the minor leagues. Um, Some of the games we had one like normal game, no extra innings, nothing that lasted five hours. So it was a long time.
1: Awesome. So you kind of touched on, on like medical equipment and things like that. Um, Like Dylan mentioned, I work with the athletic training staff here at Notre Dame. Um, And so like we have, we have some pretty, like we're, we're a big time sports program. We have some pretty cool machinery and equipment, but I'm wondering like how much of a jump is there in terms of what you have access to in pro ball versus what you saw, you know, during your clinical rotations in college and kind of what you've experienced at some of the lower levels.
2: Yeah, so I think part of that kind of depends on what what university you go to and, and college you go to because like my school was a very small, um very small school that only had like three thousand students. So like the the equipment that we're gonna have available is drastically different from what we have in the minor leagues. But then I have a co-worker that went to LSU and they had nicer stuff than what we have <laughs> in professional baseball, just because there's so much more money. So I think it kind of depends. Um as far as the medical equipment and also between teams too. So like the Rays are kind of one of the like typically like lower market teams, same thing with Oakland athletics. We're not like the Yankees or the Red Sox or whatever. We have like all of these years of whatever and all this money built up to like get basically whatever we want. Obviously we still have really nice stuff because it is professional sports. Um, but yeah, it just kind of depends on which team you're coming from and which college you are. But we do have pretty much access to like anything that you could think of at the affiliates it's a little different so like you might not have quite as much as you would at the complexes or at the major league level but um you still have like everything you would need with some additional like fun like modalities and that type of stuff as well
0: got it and then sort of as a follow-up to matt what you just said that i know there's probably a team of guys and girls that work together whether it's like the doctors the physical therapists the athletic trainers i assume you're all working together to solve like fix players or get them back to full strength what sort of that like difference is there even really a difference between what the doctors have to do versus what the physical therapists have to do versus what you have to do or anyone else that I might be forgetting that's also a part of that team
2: yeah so the athletic trainers are the ones that are kind of like on the ground every day Um, depending on the team also sometimes the physical therapists are in that role as well Um, the rays are kind of moving towards that a little bit as we're hiring more physical therapists but um, I think last year was the first year that we had one on staff. But as far as that, like the day-to-day, like doing all the rehab, the, the preventative care, all of that, the athletic trainers are the ones that are like there. We're in the dugout with them. We're doing all of that stuff. Doctors would come in kind of like, okay, we've had this guy in this rehab program for this long or whatever, and they're not getting better. So then they would send them to the doctor and the doctor would like further evaluate them and kind of like, help guide our plans a little bit further um I'm trying to think of other people obviously the strength coaches are involved as well like as we're going through rehab we have to be constantly in communication with them um about like what guys can and can't do what things they need to work on all that and same thing from the prevention standpoint um at the raise we do a lot of um evaluations with our sports science staff to kind of help evaluate kind of risk factors and that type of thing that we've seen so that we can get ahead of it and help the guys before they get hurt, hopefully. That's awesome. So one of the things, like, you are talking about, like, being in the dugout and having that relationship with the players. What's kind of, once you guys get in the season, what's your normal day looking like from a day-to-day basis? Um, During the season, it would be, so an affiliate, most of the affiliates with the exception of the Complex League and Rookie League. Um, you're playing night games. So usually the athletic trainer would go into the field probably noon, one o'clock ish, get everything ready for treatments, and then guys would start coming in. Anyone that needs pre-treatment or anything before the practice um, would come in for that. And then there's usually like throwing programs, any bullpens or that type of thing, and then batting practice before the games, usually in the afternoon between like three to five-ish. And then they get ready obviously for the games, usually around 7 p.m. Um, and then game last whatever, and then at the end there's also like all of the post treatments and entering all of the notes and everything for at least the athletic trainer.
0: And then thinking about that sort of as well as in an off season standpoint, because I know there's definitely players both at the college level and at the professional level where it's they're in constant communication with their athletic staff, their training staff, whether it's their own personal ones or as well anyone related to the team. I was sort of wondering on the minor league level where it is that a player will go up and down from single A to double A to triple A, and he's working with different athletic staffs and working with different trainers at each level. Is there still that connection that maybe you're interacting with some Rays players during the off season, or is it sort of, you were entirely focused on the Venezuelan team and then come whenever you come back to the Rays, whether it's beginning of spring training, now it's like, right now I'm back with the Rays and back with all the Tampa Bay Rays players. And sort of how does that balance work out um, during the off season in quotes for the Rays?
2: Yeah, we definitely keep in contact with the guys during the off season. Um, we follow up with them during the like full off season, like your season's ended. We sent everyone home. Um, we give them a little bit of time, like, Hey, we're not going to throw for this time, whatever. Uh, but then we'll start checking in with them usually like once or twice a month. Um, like, Hey, how's it going? How are you doing with this? This kind of like, how much are you throwing? How much are you hitting that kind of thing? Um, and the other coaches and like the strength coaches and position coaches are doing that as well. Um, So we're definitely in contact with them still during the off season. And then as it gets like closer to the season, like we've been having some winter camps, like little mini camps where we bring guys in for like a week. Um, We're doing those kind of like assessments that I talked about so that they can kind of see where everyone's at. And then we can also – make programs for them and everything to try and get ahead of those things um, by the time they report for spring training. So we're still definitely in contact with the guys and putting together plans, working on prevention. And and then obviously if they were to get injured while they're at home, um, they're communicating that with us as well.
1: Basically like, you know, you have communication with the coaches, obviously, and like you were talking about down in event as well, and they want them on the field as much as they possibly can. And you were contrasting that with how it works here, but How, I guess, does the balance work between, you know, you're saying either during the season or during the off season, you know, this guy can't throw for five days because he's got some bad tendinitis in his elbow and, but a coach is like really pushing you. How do you kind of find that balance between, you know, you're trying to develop players. You're trying to make sure that you're putting together a winning program and things like that, but then also, you know, keeping an eye on uh, the health of a player, you know, I guess, how do you try to find that balance as much as you can?
2: Uh, I think a lot of that kind of comes from the top down. I think the Rays do a great job of, like, communicating, like, hey, we're here for the guys, we want them to do well, we want them to succeed, and we also want them to be healthy. Um, So I've never really had any issues with, like, coaches, at least at the Rays, pushing back on that kind of a thing. Like, it's like, okay, this guy needs to do this, this, and this before he can play again. They're like, all right, great, awesome, let's get him there. So... Um, I think it's just important, like making sure you're in good communication with whoever your team is and whoever your coaches are so that you're all on the same page um, and letting them know like why you're doing things too, so that they're like bought in as much as the player is to like get that player better. It's like, okay, this is why we're doing this. This is why, whatever. So that there's no question of like, okay, he's out for four days because you want to hold him out. No, it's like, no, he's out for four days because we want to make sure that this doesn't happen again because he's still having like discomfort, all that kind of stuff.
0: We love to hear it, obviously. And then another question that we did have sort of in mind a couple of weeks ago, we spoke with Mackenzie Toll, who's an MLB player agent, and she really stressed the importance of um, women in baseball and women in sports in general. I know yourself probably included have that same sentiment. Baseball is a game played by all guys. All the managers in baseball are guys, all thirty or 29 of the 30 GMs are all guys, except for Kimming of the Marlins. So sort of baseball seems to be, I don't want to label it a guy's sport, but sort of it is a heavily male dominated industry. However, you're one of the females in the sport and McKenzie was as well, where well, you're thriving, and you're doing great and amazing role in baseball and probably are a role model for whether it's high school, college age girls who want to follow in your footsteps and also want to be involved in the baseball industry when they grew up. So sort of What is that like for you? What does that mean to you in general, sort of the women in sports, women in baseball concept and um, you doing really well in the baseball industry?
2: Yeah, so obviously, I mean, it is a male dominated sport. So there are a lot of challenges that do come with that. There's still kind of some like coaches and other staff members, just generally speaking, that are in that old baseball mindset like this is a man's sport like women don't belong here and there are like things that there's reasons for that because a lot of especially at the younger levels are like kind of immature players that like might be inappropriate towards women that kind of thing a lot of locker room talk that maybe has to change and like disrespectful things that have were okay to say when it's all guys but not so much when there's women in the sport um but i do think it's changing and it's trying to get better um I think the most important thing is like people are realizing it's more about who's the best person for the job not whether or not it's like okay this is a female wanting to be in a male sport no it's just what's your experience like what do you know like what can you bring to this role um and I think the Rays do a great job of like hiring people in that manner and so And I hope that other teams feel the same way and continue to hire like the best person for the job, whether it's a male or female. But it is great also to like see it's like not just guys in the sport. So it's like girls can be women can be successful um, as long as they like continue to stay focused and kind of avoid all that stuff that people are like, oh, women can't be in sport because they're just going to like sleep with all the players or some horrible stuff like I mean, there are probably people that do that, but like as long as you're focused on what you're doing and you're doing your job, like I think that women can hopefully continue to be success- successful in male dominated sports.
0: Absolutely. It's great to see that the amount of success stories is starting to grow. I believe it was Rachel Balkovic managed for the, I think it was single-A Yankees this year. I don't know if any of you guys correct me. I think that's correct. Um, but it's great to see that the number is growing and the uh longevity is growing in these sort of uh increase in role and I think it's also great how you're mentioning it's not a matter of sort of actively trying to hire more women or actively trying to suppress more men but it's more looking at it with a blind eye and seeing who's the best candidate for the job and that's really an important thing that I think is important for girls out there to know in high school and college that you've got a shot now and guys and girls like Haley here are showing you that um, put together the resume work for the Diamondbacks in the internship and now all of a sudden you're doing really great with the Rays now in a full time role, um, Matt. I know you have a follow up question that you want to throw in. Yeah,
1: I guess along along those lines, um, you know, you said you were promoted, and and I don't know if it's a promotion because like you know we think in baseball terms you go from rookie ball and then you keep moving up the ladder. Um, I guess my, the first part of this question is does it work the same way? Like, if you as a trainer are doing so great in rookie ball, will you get moved up to single A, double A, triple A? And then I guess the second part of that is like is being a major league trainer kind of like the pinnacle of baseball athletic training, or is there kind of like a, a real like desire, I guess, to stay within the confines of the minor league, stay within player development um, in this athletic training role. Cause I know like we always think of things in terms of like a player role and a, and a personnel role. Um, But it seems to me like the medical side of things may not always be kind of in the same like box.
2: So, It is and it isn't. So part of when you get to move up is if someone like leaves a position. So like, let's say you're doing really awesome in rookie ball, but there's no, like no one above you moves, you really can't move up. So it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, it matters how good you're doing, obviously, but like, you could be doing the best job ever. And you're still going to be in rookie ball the next year if there's not a position open for you. Um, So... Like movement happens, I guess, when other people move, but there is like a lot of changes. Like let's say someone decides to retire or someone decides to go to a different organization. Um, Someone decides to leave baseball to spend more time with their family. So stuff like that happens or people just decide to go different routes. And so that when that happens, then usually you would move up like level by level, like rookie ball, low A, whatever. Occasionally, sometimes you skip levels, but typically if there's an opening, unless there's like some other circumstance you're gonna go step by step um the major league athletic trainer that is like kind of the pinnacle yeah but I think there's like some other like benefits to other roles like being in a coordinator role is like kind of not necessarily equal but like it's also like a top level role to where you're in charge of like all the affiliate athletic trainers or all the people at the complex or the rehab program um so it's kind of like that leadership role to where you would be getting like a little bit more than you would just as an athletic trainer. Um,
0: <laughs> All good. Well, we have these three sort of fun questions that we throw at, at the end of sort of these tangential fun of baseball questions. As you know, baseball three outs and the side is retired. So we have three questions to throw at you. And then the side is retired on the episode of your game for these three questions. We'll throw them at you. All right, let's do it. All right. So the first one was, what was your favorite team growing up? And are you even allowed to say that technically, if you now work for the Rays, are you now technically a full diehard Tampa Bay Rays fan now and forever?
2: Um, I mean, technically, yes, I am a Rays fan, but growing up, I lived in Indiana. So I didn't really have like a major league team in Indiana. Obviously we have like close the Chicago teams in Cincinnati, um, but I was a Cardinals fan growing up kind of my family wasn't super big into sports but like if I checked on a team like that was the one that I checked on um but then when I was when I did that summer internship um in California my host dad was a former Dodgers player so I kind of like fell in love with the Dodgers a little bit after that but obviously now I'm a Rays fan so (laughs) nice and probably the second question we have is what's the best interaction and or your favorite interaction you've had since you've been a trainer Um, my favorite was, I had an athlete actually this past offseason in Venezuela, and he had a shoulder surgery like the year before and had been like working really hard and rehabbing, had a little bit of a setback, but then we wrote like this intense rehab program for him to get him back and also to help him get his confidence back um and after his first outing he did like really awesome and just came back into the dugout and like hugged me and was like thank you for everything you've done which really it's not me like it's his hard work and all that but it was cool to like see him be able to get back to doing his job and to get back to doing what he loved
0: i love to hear success stories like that and then the third question that we have kind of letting our guest at the very end predict and sort of let to, to decide where the podcast is going to go in the future the fun questions that you get to now put someone on the spot, whether it's a coworker, a family friend, someone like that, that you think would be a great person for us to have next on the podcast in a future episode could be a player you've worked with, could be someone else on the raise athletic staff, could be someone from the Venezuelan winter league, but sort of someone that you think, and maybe if you have a connection to them, but if there's someone you think could be a good person for us to get to know um, in the baseball industry for the next episode. Uh
2: my, so one of the athletic trainers in Venezuela that I worked with, her name is Avril León, and she worked in the Venezuelan League for five years and was the first woman um, in the Venezuelan Baseball League. So I think she would be an awesome person to have on.
0: I like it. Matt, we have to get on that now and try to figure out that connection. But obviously love all of the time that you gave us today and all the great insight. Matt, Nico, I'm sure you guys extremely enjoyed that interview, just like I did, unless there's anything else. Any of you three want to throw in anything? Are we all good to go? I'm getting the shaking and nodding heads. So until the next time, Haley, thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Yeah, thank you, guys.
0: All righty. Until the next time, the side is retired. Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code Side Pod in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the MLB and NHL. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ball game. And now for the rest of today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Well, guys, that was a great episode we just had with Haley Williams talking about her career in the sports industry, talking a lot about her time with the Tampa Bay Rays, the difference between that and the Venezuelan Winter League, as well as where she could see her future going, as well as the importance of women in the sports industry we really appreciate all of Haley's time insight a lot of laughs a lot of stories definitely some great insight that we hope you can take away from this and hopefully utilize in your journey into the sports industry in the future as always if you have other guests that you want us to have on in the future or any ideas let us know on the Twitter and the Instagram at side retired pod great interviews coming out in the next couple weeks continuing with this theme so until the next time for Dylan James and Jack the side is retired